Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're studying the book of Acts. Today is episode 209. We're going to Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 16. Let's read the passage. While he was holding on to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astonished, ran toward them in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people. Fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at us as though we had made him walk by our own power or godliness? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied before Pilate, though he had decided to release him. You denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked to have a murderer released to you. You killed the source of life whom God raised from the dead, we are witnesses of this. By faith in his name, his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Jesus has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. Well, Peter and John had gone to the temple for the time of prayer at three o'clock. There was a man at the beautiful gate, which we understand is probably the Nicanor gate, this uh, Corinthian bronze gate was there begging. He's uh, in his 40s, and he's been there his whole life, daily begging at the entrance to the temple courts. And he asks for alms, but Peter and John say, look at me, and they heal him. So it's an amazing healing. And then he goes into the inner courts of the temple area, the first time he's ever been in there for prayer and sacrifice. Now verse 11 says, while he was holding on to Peter and John, this guy's clinging to them because <laughs> this is a pretty amazing thing. And uh, I think he's feeling pretty uh, attached to Peter and John at this point. And it says, all the people utterly astonished ran toward them in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. So the, the layout of the temple is, it sounds like they have left the inner courts where prayer and sacrifice took place. They've gone back through the beautiful gate and have then crossed the court of Gentiles to the area called Solomon's Colonnade, which is an area along the eastern wall of the temple complex. So this is an amazing thing. This man's obviously been healed and they head back out. The Christians apparently gathered a lot there at Solomon's Colonnade and people are following because it's an amazing thing they've seen. Verse 12, when Peter saw this, he addressed the people. He sees an opportunity to present the gospel here, just as the miraculous event at Pentecost, the uh, Holy Spirit descending on people, the people going out into the street proclaiming the wonders of God in all these languages. Peter used that moment to present the gospel. Here, Peter takes this moment to present the gospel. There's been this amazing healing here. God has acted, and he's going to explain it to people. So continuing to verse 12, he says, Fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at us as though we had made him walk by our own power or godliness? Well, kind of seems like they did, but Peter understands they didn't heal this guy. God has healed this guy. Now, he's used them in the process He's basically saying, don't be impressed by us. Be impressed by Christ. Be impressed by what God is doing here. Guys uh, could create a great following for themselves, but no, they understand things. 
And the, the point is not us. The point is Jesus Christ. So he asks a question, and he'll answer it down to verse 16. So we'll get to that. So why are you looking at us? Then he explains here in verses 13 through 15. This is what we introduced the other day is the kerygma. This is the proclamation. This is the, the story of Jesus. And he says in verse 13, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied before Pilate, though he decided to release him. So this phrase, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this flows through the Old Testament. We first see it at the burning bush when God appears to Moses. It'd be significant because uh, Peter's going to bring up Moses a little later in his address to the people here. This is a phrase that's, you know, this is who God is. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God of the living, the God of our ancestors. And he has glorified his servant, Jesus. We don't see Jesus referred to as the servant often, but he's probably making reference here to Isaiah 52, which describes the suffering servant and talks about uh, God says, my servant who has been lifted up, lifted up high. And the description of the, the suffering servant. We only see uh, Jesus referred to as servant only four places. And, and this is one of them where he uh, seems to be making an identification with, with Isaiah. But his suffering servant has been glorified by God. And this is part of the kerygma, the glorification of Jesus Christ. And he points out that you handed him over and denied before Pilate, though he had decided to release him. He said, Pilate decided to release him. Pilate is a witness of your offense against God's servant here. In verse 14, you denied the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer released to you. So he's bringing up the, the episode of, of Barabbas being asked for release when Pilate wanted to use the, the tradition to release Jesus. But they said, no, don't release Jesus. Release Barabbas, the murderer. But he refers to him as the holy and righteous one. So here we see in other descriptors, we saw Jesus as servant. Here we see Jesus as the holy one. Jesus as the righteous one. And you are the ones who denied him. In verse 15, you killed the source of life whom God raised from the dead. We're witnesses of this. So here's another descriptor of Jesus, the source of life. Uh, it can also be translated as author of life. So here, just in this little segment right here, we in these uh, verses 13 through 15, you see Jesus described as God's servant, the Holy One, the Righteous One, the author of life. We see that he's glorified. And he's resurrected, raised from the dead. This is the essence of the, the kerygma, the, that proclamation, the story of Jesus is who Jesus is and what God has done through him, that he is uh, God's servant. He's the Holy One, the Righteous One, the author of life. He's been glorified. He's been resurrected. And he adds, we're witnesses of this, referring to himself and John. We are witnesses. Now, verse 16 is the answer to the question he raised in verse 12. He said, you fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at us? 
Now he answers the question here, verse 16. By faith in his name, his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Jesus has given him this perfect health in front of all of us. Now, interesting question here. He says this man has been healed by faith. Faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Faith in the name of Jesus Christ has resulted in his healing. Whose faith? The man's faith? The man did not express any kind of faith here. He was looking for alms. Peter's the one that says, get up and walk. Now, was it his faith in what Peter had said? That seemed to be the case. It seemed to be Peter's faith. And so, look kind of a, a sequence of events here. It was Peter's faith. Peter invoking the name of Jesus Christ. Peter drawing on the authority and power of Jesus Christ. Peter pronouncing the healing of this man. And so it's Peter's faith has led to the healing. But the healing has led to this man's faith. Back in verse 11, that he was holding on to Peter and John. And so he uh, ha- apparently has come to faith here. Why wouldn't he? The, the faith he's speaking of here, it was Peter's faith that resulted in the healing. But then the healing has resulted in this man's faith. So this is the beginning of Peter's speech in this instance here. Some respects it's very similar to the speech he gives on the day of Pentecost, where he gives some scriptural references. He um, announces what's going on. He gives the basic kerygma. He points out that they're responsible for the death of Jesus and a big call for repentance. And there's some differences also in uh, he doesn't, make as big a deal about their guilt, but he does make a huge deal about the call to repentance. So we'll continue in Peter's speech to the people here at the temple concerning the healing of the lame man. So join me next time as we continue studying the book of Acts.